Welcome to today's conversations with John and Lisa. And I don't know if you know this, but this is actually a part of a larger group of podcasts. So this is, there's Messenger Podcasts, there is The Godmother with Lisa Beer, and then there's Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. And if somebody is driving in their car right now, uh, they don't know, but we're actually filming these podcasts as well. So you can actually check that out on the YouTube, either John Bevere or Lisa Bevere. And today we actually are excited because we're going to be talking about something that is actually happening next week. It's actually happening exactly one week from today. And it is the launch of John's book, X. And the subtitle, you need to hear this, is Multiply Your God-Given Potential. You may be thinking, wait a minute. Why would we be trying to multiply in a season of shutdown? So, John, why don't you talk about this a little bit? So, yeah, I know it seems kind of, uh, why would you write a book on multiplication when everybody's like trying to survive right now? And I actually brought that to the Lord and uh, in April, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, I've always had you write books that apply to the season you're coming into or the season you're in. Which tells me, and I've heard so many leaders make this statement across the board. I mean, from different denominations, from different circles, different streams, they believe we're coming into one of the greatest moves of the Spirit of God that we have ever seen. Now, here's the problem. Wait, can I say something before you go any further? You know, even as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking the opposite of division, which is what we're seeing everywhere right now on every level is multiplication. Yes. And so multiplication is the answer in a season of division. So just in and above, it's an opposite spirit and then setting us up for revival like you were talking about. So if you look at Jesus, Jesus is the prophet that all of us should listen to. He said, Mm -hmm. occupy until I come, Mm. which actually means do business until I come. It doesn't mean hoard and hide. No. Okay. So it doesn't mean self-preservation. It doesn't mean withdraw. It means to advance. Mm. So if you look at the situation that we're in right now, we would think if I make the statement and all these leaders have made the statement, we're move, we're entering into one of the greatest moves of the Spirit of God the world's ever seen. Yeah. Your mind would immediately go to, okay, that's great. We're going to have bigger churches. We're going to have funner Sundays. Miracles are going to happen on our Sunday services. We're going to have great conferences. Miracles are going to happen at those conferences. You're looking in the wrong place. Wow. So this move of the Spirit of God is not going to happen inside the four walls of the church. Now, the four walls of the church is going to greatly benefit because a lot of discipleship is going to go on there. And So it's not limited. Empowering. It's not limited to it. I'm saying if you really want to see where the heart of this move of the Spirit is going to happen, it's going to be in the marketplace, in the art theaters, in, 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 in online. It's going to happen in places mm. that are outside of the four walls of the church. And truly, the church is going to enter into the phase that God has called it, and that is to equip the saints for their work of the ministry. Their work of the ministry is in the marketplace. It's in education. It's in healthcare. It's in government. It's in professional athletics. It's in the weightlifting gym that they're training people in. These are where the moves of the Spirit of God are going to happen. And it's almost as if I believe this book is a preparation to get people to look for the move of the Spirit of God to happen in those places. So the problem that we have today is you you have people that think secular and sacred, and they, they divide the two, when in reality, our whole life is sacred. 
Um, this this whole book really came about when one of our ministry partners said to me, John, you know, I'm worth nine million dollars. I've really worked hard to build my businesses up to to this. Um, my wife's cared for life. My children are cared for life. I'm just turned fifty. Why should I work my tail off like I've been yeah. working my tail off yeah. in the decade of my fifties? Why should I build myself up to thirty five million dollars? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, suppose I, I, I'm going to respond to you like this. Yeah. I've written at that time, this because this conversation happened seven years ago. I've written 17 books. They're in over 80 languages at that time. I said, I've gotten on planes. I've traveled all over the world, left my family. I've stayed in little tiny box hotel rooms up to 200 nights a year. I have fought uh, jet lag. I have endured different cultures. I have eaten foods that I never could have even dreamed of eating as a boy. Why? My wife's cared for life. My children cared for life. Why should I get on another plane? Why should I write another book? And he laughed at me and he said, I wouldn't want to be at your shoes. This is exactly what he said. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes when you face Jesus. Mm. It was a perfect setup. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. He didn't connect the dots. And I said, Stan, you just said the exact same words. And I remember the smile left his face. He looked away from downtown L.A. He said, what are you talking about? And I said, Stan, all of us have a call in our life, not just ministers. All of us. Every single child of God. Yeah. And I said, to accomplish that calling, God's given us gifts. And I said, these gifts are supernatural abilities that he actually places on our life. They're not natural abilities. They're supernatural. Now, does everybody have that? I said, every human being. Every human being. And that's a great question. Every human being. The Bible's so clear about that. Mm-hmm. And I said, we can do one of three things with those gifts, yeah. those supernatural abilities. We can use them to build our own lives, basically our wife, our children, or our husband, our children. Just take care of ourselves. Take care of ourselves. Or we can use them as intended to build the kingdom. Or we can sit on them and neglect them. And I said, you have directly connected my dots. You see directly how my gifts build the kingdom. The thing is, there are operations that God gives different Christians and most Christians that you can't directly connect the dots on how this is actually building the kingdom. I said, you haven't connected your dots. Mm. And so I remember he changed everything. And, and, and Lisa, there's another story I want to tell really quick that hey, this is, broke this is, my heart. This is for you. You do as many stories <laughs> as you want. So one of our friends pastors mm. a very large church, mm. over 35,000 members, he does a big conference. Leaders come in every year for this conference. And he was walking through their very large auditorium the day before the conference, and he saw a very well-known medical doctor putting pamphlets on the chairs for the delegates. Mm. And he rushed over to the medical doctor, and he said, Oh, doc, 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 you don't need to be doing this. We've got volunteers and interns that can do this. And he said the doctor rebuked him. He said, now, very respectfully, but he rebuked me. He said, Pastor, he said, I take one week a year off of my medical practice so I can build the kingdom of God. He said, please don't take this away from me. And Lisa, two weeks ago, I was on a podcast. I start crying when I told the story because I'm so burdened for so many guys like this, so many ladies like this. It's the single home, stay, stay-at-home moms, the school teachers, the factory workers. Let's go on and on and on. So in essence, what this means is 51 weeks out of the year, this medical doctor yeah. is in a secular realm. So he doesn't have the passion of Billy Graham, of Mother Teresa, of Oral Roberts. He's just earning a living. But he has the passion of Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, and Oral Roberts on that one week a year when he's putting pamphlets on that delicate seats. 
So he hasn't connected his dots. He doesn't realize that those other 51 weeks are not secular, they're sacred. And that God has actually gifted him. I mean, if I try to remove a tumor out of anybody that's listening right now, Lisa, they'd be dead. Yeah. They would be dead. Yes. Okay? And then the, the third story that I want to tell, and then we can start a conversation. <laughs> but I think these stories set us up, Lisa. Well, can I, can I just want to yeah. highlight, because I know that you've been living, breathing, like you said, that first story did not happen last week or even last year. It's been in you for a while, and you've traveled and you've seen it. So I want to just pause. I want to highlight that anything that we do as unto God, which should be everything, whether stay home or whether working, whether it's a career that other people would want to have or not want to, it is sacred when we do it as unto God. I just want to highlight that. So this doctor just missed that moment to understand that his passion to help people was sacred. Yes. And last year at, um, at one of the Bethel conferences in Dallas, and uh, the leader of that particular conference called and said, I have a billionaire that wants to meet with you. He's meeting with several ministers around the country because he just wants them to speak into their life. He said, John, I can vouch for him. He's authentic. He's genuine. I think it'd be a very good thing for you to be able to meet with him. So I did. And I didn't realize that the three-hour lunch in that arena that they arranged was really more for me than him. Because what he what he said that really grabbed my attention, Lisa, is that he said, um, I know I'm called a marketplace. And he said, so I got all my information from all the marketplace books, which is good. I, I have no problems with that, right? But he said, I based everything I did off of what I was trained by the world to operate in the marketplace. And he said, John, I was floundering. I was not successful. Wow. And he said, one day I'm sitting in church and I'm watching my pastor preach. And the thought came to me. He's called to do what he does. And he totally depends on the Holy Spirit to do what he does. Mm. I'm called to do what I do in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Why aren't I depending on the Holy Spirit like he depends on the Holy Spirit? Because so they don't it, think it's holy. They think they correct. can't depend on the Holy Spirit because they think what they're doing isn't holy. Yeah, these three stories yeah. I really think set up this whole mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So he, he started getting up every morning, getting a pad, and he would just sit there and say, Holy Spirit, what are we doing today? And the Holy Spirit started telling him to do some very unconventional things. Mm. He did them, and they started blowing up his business. He said, John, I did something 20 times in an in acquisitions meeting that seemed ridiculous. But as a result of that 20 times I did what he told me to do, I owned 20 hospitals in Vietnam. Then he told me how he bought the second largest bank in the world, which was absolutely mind-blowing and other things. And so, Lisa, I realized that what's on his life is supernatural. So this is the thing I want you to understand is that everybody that's listening to me, you have at least one, and probably most of you more than one, supernatural gift on your life, and the Greek word is charisma. The Greek word charis is grace, and charisma is a specific endowment of grace that gives right. us the ability to excel in the area we're called to excel mm -hmm. in. Now, that's a supernatural ability. And so that's the problem right there. Supernatural abilities don't engage unless we believe. So you're saying, no, I just want to make sure nobody misses this point. You're saying for somebody to tap in to not just their ability, but to this supernatural ability, it requires faith. Correct. Okay. So now if most of the body of Christ doesn't understand that grace is God's empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our natural ability and that charisma is a specific talent or gift of grace that, or gifting that gives us the ability to fulfill what we've been created to do, they won't have the faith. And Romans mm -hmm. 5, 2 says we access this yeah. grace by faith. So 
I want you to see it like this. You got a you got a big old lawn that needs to be mowed, mm-hmm. and you're and, and and you're using scissors to try to mow it. Yeah. All yeah. right, that's going to take you ten hours to do. Yeah. But you have a lawnmower sitting there, but that lawnmower is no good to you at all unless you pull the ripcord and you start up that machine. Okay. Now you can mow that lawn in 30 minutes. Yeah. So it would have taken you 10 hours, and now you can do it in 30 minutes. Now, here's what a lot of people that come to church think. They think, if I'm very godly, I'm very kind to people, I, I walk in obedience to God, the gift of God in me will automatically work. And that's just not true. One of the most godly men in the whole New Testament was a guy named Timothy. Mm. He was so yeah. godly, Paul yeah. wrote to the entire Philippian church, and said, there is nobody who is more concerned about the things of Jesus than Mm -hmm. Timothy. Mm -hmm. But yet Paul has to write to the first letter of Timothy in the fourth chapter and say, the gift that's in you, it's not operating. So God's got a supernatural ability in Timothy. It's actually God's ability that he's placed in Timothy for others, but it's not working. Why is it not working? Because he doesn't have faith, because Mm -hmm. he's fearful. He comes to the second book, and he said, Timothy, the gift of God in you is not working. It's not operating. Stir it up. So just living godly. Just tending church faithfully, just, and I'm not trying to say just, but I'm saying being a believer and praying the sinner's prayer and having faith in God. These are all things needed for salvation. It doesn't automatically activate. It doesn't activate our gifts. And so in this survey that was done, over 90% of Americans don't realize that they're supernaturally empowered. So if they don't realize that, you can't believe what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So if you don't realize that you have been supernaturally empowered to excel in the weight room, to excel if you're a trainer, to excel in the factory if you're a line worker, to excel in the marketplace if you're a business owner, to excel in investments if you're an investor, if you don't believe that, then you're going to do everything in your own ability, and that's like cutting the grass with the scissors. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get it done. You're going to do it to a certain level of, of, of uh, success, but you won't have the success that like that billionaire had. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, I know success is a word that turns people off, but can I make an argument for a, a, an argument? Why would success turn people off? Because it convicts them of what they're not doing. Because when I look at the Bible, God says that we'll have good success in Psalm 1. God, Moses prayed twice, not once. Lord, make our efforts successful. Mm. What does success do? It shows that God is with us. If you look at Daniel, he distinguished himself, yeah. not by his words, but by his And not success. by his possessions, but by his... Not by his possessions. Yes, and I think that's why we've actually really diminished and demeaned the meaning of success. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like if I've got a such and such a house or if I've got drive such and such car, I'm a success. No, you're not. You're a su- success based on how you influence other people. And that is what God's number one call when he put man on the earth was to be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. When Jesus tells the parable of the talents, the talents is a measure of money in the parable, but Jesus never uses what's told in a parable to illustrate what he's talking about. So in other words, he talks about wheat, and wheat doesn't represent wheat. It represents people. He talks about tares. Tares doesn't represent tares. It represents people. Well, the talent doesn't represent a talent. I I hope, wait, you're going through this so fast. I hope the people are getting it. So you're saying that Jesus uses (laughs) one thing so that we can stand outside of it and see it when he's really talking about a Another thing. That's so good. So yeah. I just wanted to say it because you much went, better. I, said, I, I was confused for just one second. Much better. So oh, okay. 
So no, I know you're trying to get a lot. I know no, you're trying to do and, it. And that's why I'm so thankful that you're helping. I you're and usually Lisa and I talk more than this, but she said, John, this is your book. You talk about it. So yes. anyway, um, the talent, the talent is a measure of money in that parable, but it represents our gifts, mm-hmm. our supernatural Well, and think about it. A talent don't, no longer is just money anymore. It's also capabilities, abilities, influence. So a talent could be a gifting. So it, it's expanded um, to mean a lot of stuff that even makes it more applicable to our lives right now. So in that parable, you have two people that multiplied. Yeah. yeah. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You mm-hmm. have been faithful. Now, if you go check the words in the Bible, yeah. and I want everybody to do it, Jesus specifically says, you have been faithful. So yeah. he attributes what they did to being faithful. But yeah. the only thing they did, Lisa, it didn't say they were nice. They were sweet. They were kind. We all say they, would love you to be that. Yes. we. that's we, not what And it Jesus says. really wants you to be that. Yeah. But the only thing he identifies that they did is multiply. Yeah. What was entrusted, their gifts. Yeah. So Jesus directly equates being faithful to multiplication. Yeah. You know what? And I'm just going to highlight that because that is one of my favorite things that you say Faithfulness is not maintaining. Faithfulness well, one guy did is maintain. multiplying. But yeah, he wasn't faithful though. Faithfulness he was lazy. is <laughs> multiplication. He was not just lazy, he's wicked lazy servant. That's that's yeah. that's a bad day. He didn't say wicked lazy outsider. So you have yeah, to remember Jesus is dealing with our fruitfulness. He didn't say wicked lazy heathen. Right. Yeah. So that word wicked, because I had to find out, because Jesus yeah. never uses words carelessly. The word wicked means possessing a serious fault that affects our fruitfulness. So in regard to his fruitfulness, Mm -hmm. he had a serious fault that caused him to not reproduce. Mm -hmm. So he was called lazy and wicked. So in regard to our labor, God views those who multiply as good and faithful and those who maintain as wicked and lazy. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to make a very important statement. It is very important that we in the body of Christ take care of the weak. Mm-hmm. The widow, the orphan, the poor. Yeah. They are not lazy people. They are people that God actually wants us to take care of. And as we multiply, we can. <clears throat> we can. Yeah. So we're not talking. If you're sitting here and you you're you're a person that you're 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 battling. Because you're in a destitute situation. Destitute yeah. situation. Just went through a divorce. We're not talking about yeah. you. We're talking about the people that God has placed giftings on their life. And by the way, we're going to believe for your healing. So, you know, you may not be in a destitute position now, but that doesn't mean that you're going to stay there. Mm -hmm. We're going to believe for you to come out of that. But Mm -hmm. I believe that just as Jesus said, my food, my nourishment is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. Even so, he said, as the father sends me, I send you. I believe we're supposed to be fruitful. We're supposed to and our nourishment comes from doing the will of him who sent me. Yeah. People who backslide quicker than anyone else are people who disengage from what God has called them to do on this earth. Wow. So purpose really has a lot to do with uh, longevity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And finishing well. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's very difficult to finish well if you don't know where you're going. You know, John, there was two things I I want to just kind of highlight, um, you made this statement that totally sums up what you've been saying. You said, how effective you are is not up to God, but up to you. Meaning that we have stewardship over the gift. This man buried his gift, or maybe you're out there and you're afraid and you've buried a gift in your life. And here's the good news. 
you can unearth it. If you are still drawing breath, you can do something. You can have a different action. You can hear this and think, oh man, 10 years ago, I meant to do this and I didn't do this. Guess what? You can still do this. And so it's never too late until you're dead. So you don't, you don't want to get discouraged. We want to encourage you to multiply. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. There is new grace. There is new mercy. But one of the things I do always notice with this parable, it says right away, immediately they went. So, so here's the thing, rather than allowing discouragement to, to hold you back and cause you to doubt you need to lean into that and just immediately respond. Maybe even after this podcast is over, you're just in the car and you just say, God, what is that talent that I need to multiply? What is the thing maybe I've buried? Or what is that thing on my life that you call sacred, that I have called secular, that I have called not worthy of offering it up to you as holy? So I want that to be identified. And then um, I love that you also said this book is actually a deep dive. It's a deep dive to help people discover their giftings. We want to help people discover. We want to help people develop their supernatural so discover, develop, gifts. And then we want to help people multiply. Multiply. So those are the three things that this discover, book will do. Discover, develop, develop multiply. and multiply. Wonderful. Okay. I love that. John, as we're closing, what is your hope for this message? What do you what do you what is your dream? What is your prayer that you're that it's going to accomplish in people's lives? And that's an excellent question, babe. <clears throat> if you look at a human being and our body has many different members, they all have yeah. different functions. If 10% of my body is active, yeah. that that you would call that person an invalid. Yeah, and that's not name calling. That mm-hmm. just means you're not fully functioning. Right. Now, what happens if my body is 90 or 100% functioning? Now I'm a full producing human being. Right now, I want to submit to you that the body of Christ might be 20% operating and 80% not operating in their supernatural gifts. It is my hopes that this book will create a groundswell that now 100% of the body of Christ, because that's how we're going to accomplish the mission of discipling the nations, is when we're 100% fulfilling what we've been gifted to do. Okay, so you heard it. We are hoping that X, X is about you fully functioning and everything that God has for you that you would begin to multiply those things. And so I want to let you know, you're thinking, okay, I need to get a hold of this book. You can actually pre-order this book today. All you have to do is go to messengerpodcast.com slash X book, made it super easy. X book. That's all you have to do. And we want to thank you for tuning in. And remember, we want you to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. When you rate and subscribe, it helps us to get the message out to even more people. And you know what? We want to hear from you on this topic. If you're like, John, I loved you. You woke something up in me, but I want to know more about how I can multiply. We want that. We want your questions and we want your input so that we can go further with that. And can I ask everyone if they do read this book and it really does touch them, rate it on Amazon. Yeah. Because Lisa, before I I get somebody's book, I I see what other people have said. We'd love to have it. And you know, John, this is a lot. We covered a lot today and anything we talk about today is going to be in the show notes. Okay. So until next time, this has been Conversations with John and Lisa, and we are talking about Multiply. So looking forward to being with you again. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. 
Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including The Godmother with Lisa Bevere, Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters, and The Messenger Podcast. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time.